It's time again for the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. I'm your host, Spud McConnell, and we're going to talk about how you can help feed the hungry and the homeless down in South Louisiana. So let's chew the fat, huh? Now make la vie, as the Cajuns say on the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. Okay, so uh, we got the uh, world-famous lion tamer, Hester Serrano. (laughs) Cause she, yeah, okay. So now Lawrence will give me the thumb. That's a good term. See, y'all don't hear all the stuff he said before that I have to erase. Cause, uh, you know, Pete and them, you know, everybody's concerned about words. Like they, they, they're important. They're not. Words are just words. Actions are what count. And that's what we're here to talk about is an action that we're going to be starting here at the food bank through the auspices of the Department of Corrections that Hester works for. But by the way, hi, Hester. How you doing? Hi, Spud. Doing good. Are you? Good yeah. to be back. So, this thing that we're going to do is called Operation Sunrise. Why? What's it called? Who came up with that? Did y'all have like a dart board you threw darts at and that's where the title came from? No, actually, I'm going to go ahead and defer this because the the name for Operation Sunrise is actually Lawrence's idea. Yeah, but it sounds like orange juice. No. no. The, the reason for Operation Sunrise is that it's a new day. Uh, we have people who come out and just like all of us, anytime that we have any infraction or we commit a sin out there, it's a situation where while yes, there is going to be uh, a cost of doing this, it's not a life sentence. So in the fact that they've gone out, they've done their time, they've done their penance. And like God said, anytime that I forgive your sins, it is as far away from you as the east is from the west. So they've done their time. They've done what they're supposed to. So it's Operation Sunrise. It is a new day. It is a new beginning. And it is a new life for them. And we're going to try to make sure that that first step out in that new life is a good positive one. So either we find out if they've learned or if old habits will remain. Well, I mean, the thing of it is, though, when, when okay, how do I say this? When we get them, mm-hmm. I mean, you are going to provide people to us who were in the justice system, and they are going to interview, first off, to make sure we're satisfied that they are going to fit in here, because, quite frankly, we have serious business to attend to, Absolutely. and we would like for them to be a part of it, but we don't need for them to be too much of a focus on and distraction while we take care of this kind of stuff you know because we got a lot of people we fed what 26 plus thousand people last year and we're on track to hit 30 if not more so i mean we need them to help us and learn a trade but in the meantime they need to be able to stand on their own no well absolutely and they should not be the focus all right what you do here at the food bank should always be the focus but any returning citizen anyone returning employment is one of the barriers you know if they get the opportunity to be able to work, earn money, provide for their families, that already puts them three steps ahead from where they were before. Because now they can afford to be able to do things, whether it's housing or providing food for their own families. You know, so you you are providing with them with the opportunity for employment, but to also help here at the food bank with what you guys do, which is help those food insecure people throughout the entire parish and other surrounding parishes. And and you told us too when we first started talking about doing this thing a couple of months ago that one of the reasons you have some recidivism is food insecurity that a lot of these people end up shoplifting or something like that, and it's either to sell what they got, but they go buy food, or else they shoplift food. You know, so that was that was one of the first things that Lawrence said that we should do. It's like, well, we'll we'll start providing these people with stuff, and then once we 
got to the point where, okay, we have three completely different kinds of forklifts. If you can run a forklift, you can get a job at Home Depot. Uh, or, or other place. We have three companies lined. Three companies lined up. Lawrence? We actually have more than that. More than that lined up to hire these people. Once What's we have demonstrated. Let me ask you this, though, Lawrence. I, I haven't gotten into a lot of detail about this with you. We are going to supply them with a certificate saying that they have completed these tasks, and we certify that they are able to do these kinds of things to take this to go somewhere else. What do some of these businesses want us to put on there to make sure that they're happy with our certifications? One of the things that they will have to do is they'll have to show up every day. Uh, we're pulling their 40 hours. They gotta show up on time and they have to stay all day. Uh, they have to have a good work ethic and a good attitude. Um, and they will have to learn everything that we do here from, yes, operation of three different forklifts, they have to learn some of the other equipment, such as pallet jacks, um, dealing with some of the box crushers and, and some of the procedures we do here, understand of what we do to distribute food. Um, at that point, after talking to several of the people who are interested, their first thing is nobody wants to be the first one to take a chance. Um, they'll have three months to prove themselves here. If they come here and they prove themselves, then it's like, okay, they're on the right track. They, they get that they're... You know, they truly want to make that first step back. So we're that buffer. And so if they can come here and do it right, then there are companies that go, ha, interview, you know, send them to me. I even got two of them said, send it to me first. And so that's good. Um, but there, it's not just a free ride or they show up and they hang around for 90 days and they get it. They have tasks from, uh, and, it's, and it's actually food distributing, uh, distribution management or warehouse management that we have courses that come from a very local community college that they have been very kind and they are helping us uh, with, with some of their course study and we're going to implement that and so they're going to understand everything from ordering food, why food has got to be processed in a certain way. Then they can go to places such as Sunoco or PFG or uh, Cisco that all have local warehouses and food management. They can go to places like that and say, I have experience recently with that. So it goes ahead and truly says, you just can't tell me these things. They're going to come here. They're going to show us that they've changed. They're going to show us that they can do it. And then they will take this letter um, and, and the certification that they did everything that was asked and to them. And we can say, yes, they did it. Yes, they uh, have a good attitude. You know, but then there are some things that if they test negative on a drug test or if they come back and they no show, no call. You know what? I'm sorry. It's over. That's a zero tolerance type thing. Do we have zero tolerance? You don't have like one strike, two strikes. I mean, it depends on the strike, I would guess. Well, and that depends on the employer as well. You know, it depends on you and, and what you would tolerate from your regular employees. We don't expect you to go to do anything that you wouldn't do for your regular employees. So if that is how the, your, you know, the organization operates, well, the thing of it is, if we have people, we have regularly scheduled days off, except me and him. We're the only ones that don't have regularly scheduled. Like, if I, like, I just had to work over the weekend, so I took Monday off. But no, I didn't, because I still had stuff to do. Like, as soon as I'm done with this, I got 25 letters I got to write to go ask people for money and all kinds of other stuff like that there. And, you know, so, yeah, we're on a salary. Everybody else, though, gets, gets time off. The thing of it is, 
you know, I, I know from when I was an hourly employee ages ago when I was trying to work my way through school, stuff happens. And I mean, now everybody's got a cell phone. Is every one of these guys going to have a cell phone? Are they going to have access to it? Or how can they, you know, and who do they call? I know they call us, but who do we call? Do we call you? Do you have some deputy who is going to handle this kind of stuff? If some contact Hester and director parole. Right. I thought you were like a little farther up the food chain. Oh, wait, but this is your program. So you <laughs> want to be riding this horse anyway, bareback, you know? You don't even need a saddle. She's ready to gallop into the sunset on this one. We'll review with the with, with the person, and we will see what you know what it is, what was going on. We'll get we'll we'll try to be fair and equitable across it. But if we see that it is something that is not workable, then we'll contact Hester because we're not just doing this with people from Terrebonne Parish. It's Terrebonne and Lafouche and parts of St. Mary. So each one has to their own, while it's all part of the state parole system, we're working with local sheriffs, such as uh, Craig in Lafourche Craig Weber and Tim Sonia over here. Tim Sonia in Terrebonne. So we're having to coordinate with different agencies. So, um, but I feel very encouraged with this because it's taking somebody who was a cost to society and turning them very much into not only something productive, someone who is productive, but also helping an organization that's helping a lot of people. Now, let me ask you, who do you, how do you pick? I know you told us there's certain levels of crimes that were committed, like we don't, we're not taking sex offenders. Right. We're just not. No, even though, even though some of them will go like, you know, I was railroaded. I didn't, I'm still innocent, but I got convicted of it. So, you know, your life is over or whatever. But how do you pick somebody to do this? Do you like advertise to people as they're about to get paroled? That this kind of thing exists, and do you want to do it, or how, how do you how are you going to pick people to send them to us before we decide we're going to take them? So I have already reached out to the case managers and transition specialists for um, the facilities that I work with regularly, and have them um, referring people in as they're approaching their release date from prison. Which Lawrence, you and I spoke with one at, coming out of Elaine mm-hmm. Hunt Correctional Center, I believe, at one point, and out of Lafouche Parish Correctional Center. Yes. Um, where we can set up that interview before they ever get out. The first thing I look at, first of all, is whether or not they are a sex offender, because that is something we established here that you cannot do with your volunteer groups. He, We've already talked about the fact violent offenders are eligible on a case-by-case basis. We would need to know a little bit more about the offense um, and, and give them possibly that same opportunity. So I vet them through what their offense is, connect them with Lawrence so that they, he can do an interview to see whether or not, just like any other company, it's, or is this person going to be a good fit here? Mm-hmm. And then from there, once he establishes whether or not they'd be a good fit, if they are going to be a good fit, that's when we contact Workforce Commission and utilize some of the benefits with Workforce Commission in order to get the transitional employment program started for that individual. And we'll take men or women. It's We're not uh, overly that, you know, that picky on that. So, um, and some that if they... If their strengths lie from administration, you well know we have more paperwork here to do uh, than anything else. So while they may not necessarily spend time in the warehouse, and that everybody here will help us in the warehouse. Well, everybody coming through this thing learn how to operate. Uh, if they have clerical skills, will they still have to learn how to operate a, fo- a forklift? Yes. So there will be a clerical forklifter. Well, you know what? Um, my job is mostly administration, but... Um, I'm very proficient on two of You can operate the forklift? Yes, I, I can operate the orange. But I can put a show together. 
So, so I can do all kinds of stuff that people around here can't do, including press a microphone button, which I'm about to do because we're going to step away and come back here. More with Lawrence DeHart, the executive director of the food bank, and Hester Serrano from the Department of Corrections with her gun and her badge. She can't come over here without them. It's like an intimidating thing. She's afraid that I'm going to crack some kind of joke. And the next thing I know, she's like Matt Dillon or something, except she's a girl. Back with more right after this. That doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. 30 years and counting. That's right. ABC title Scary Fast Service been around 30 years. Car titles, license plates, a notary public. Start the ball rolling with their online service at abctitle.com. ABC Title, your scary fast DMV service company. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. And we're back. Talking to Hester Serrano of the DOJ. Uh, uh, uh. Boy, look at her shake her head. Don't lump me in with the feds, whatever you do. Heavens to Murgatroyd. She's from the Department of Corrections and she's, uh, yeah, you told me your official title a hundred times. What is it again? I'm the reentry program manager for the Department of Corrections Division of Probation and Parole. Damn, that's it's a, a long, long time. Yeah, Eric, I mean, uh, Lawrence over here is just the uh, executive director and I'm the uh, BSer. So, uh, we were talking about the program, the Sunrise program of, of us helping to teach, but we can only take about eight at a time, and there's more than that coming out. You mentioned to us before, when we first met, mm -hmm. one of the reasons you have recidivism is because people who are coming out are food insecure. They end up shoplifting or so breaking the law because they're hungry or their family's hungry, something like that. And so... That's where we first started talking about how can we help you feed these people so that they don't end up back in the scow. Yeah, absolutely. That was a conversation that we had at our very first meeting because one of the things that we identified with our Bayou Region Reentry team is the fact that um, those returning, one of their barriers is, a, is being food insecure. And if you're food insecure and you need to put food on your table, you're going to go back to what you know. And when you're talking about people that have you know, a history of theft, a history of selling drugs, they're going to go back to what they know if they don't have what they need. So that's good. Well, that's a good, that's a good, that's your slogan. Going back to what, don't go back to what you know just to get what you need. That'd be a t-shirt. It might make a good t-shirt, but yeah. it doesn't mean we can't teach them new things. Well, that's what we're here to do, that's teach them. That's exactly. what we talked about last time, but we're still talking about food insufficiency and giving up uh, the... Um, Putting them in the program, I mean, Lawrence will explain it a little bit better than I can, but basically we, we work with a, a thing called Charity Tracker. 
and we have set standards that if you meet the standard, we don't care who you are, as long as you meet the standards. Your standards are you need to identify who you are and where you live, and you need to identify that you have the financial needs to get what we provide. And if you can demonstrate that, you're going to get it. And we'll give it to you once a month. And we'll even have you a barcode so you can zap and go through the line that much faster. Excellent. If you're homeless, we make these things called day bags, where it will supply one adult food for one day. So you want, and it's good food too. It ain't it ain't Twinkies and Moon Pies, like I said before, which I have right here in this drawer. Everybody this, likes Twinkies this and Moon drawer Pies. Is filled with Twinkies and Moon Pies. And I got the protein bars over here, but the big drawer down here, Twinkies and Moon Pies, baby. So if we, uh, how, I mean, so you just, or you're just going to start shuttling people to us or how you want to handle that? No, actually, Lawrence and I sat down and he sent me, he created and sent over a, uh, a voucher for the TCU Food Bank that will be able to be used by those justice-involved individuals, whether it's from my office or releasing out of one of our local facilities, to where we'll be able to issue one of those vouchers. And they will bring it to you guys, and you will put it in your system with one of, just like any of your other programs, which, if mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, Lawrence, you guys have 18 different 21. programs? 21. You're, 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 21. Yeah, you're 21. You, you're that making is, it 19 and 20, I mean, actually 20 and 21. That yeah. is phenomenal. That yeah. is phenomenal, absolutely. Yeah, which means we're running out of Twinkies and Moon Pies, you know, so. But that's, you, that's what you're for. But what's right? nice Right, finding about Twinkies and Moon Pies? Well, I have the biggest nose. <laughs> That's what so, it is. Yeah, I can, you know, you know so I can sniff out the good we stuff. All, what most people don't realize is also when you when money's tight, part of the reason we have four distribution parts, uh, actually five, we have Fletcher Schriever, Fletcher Thibodeau, we have distribution at the Gaines Community Center, and we have Dulac Community Center um, in addition to here. So um, when money's tight, you don't want to be chasing down uh, trying to spend a half tank of gas just to go get some food. So this will be available at any distribution point that we have because our tracking program, uh, if they go to, to Thibodeau or they go to Shriver or they go to Gaines, it's going to show up in the system. And so, um, but and all four distribution, all the distribution points know that when they get this this voucher letter and it's going to be signed. And so it's not something that they can duplicate and, and hand out. We do have some follow-up, and so they'll come to us, and we're. this is a hand-up, not a handout. And so clearly, when they first get out of prison, most people think that they're given this large stipend of money, and that they can What are they out. actually given when they come out of jail? What are they actually physically given? I mean, do they earn money in jail, or are they just given like $20 and a bus ticket? Okay, so they're given what they walk in with, first of all. Their property is given back to them. Those that are coming out of a transitional work program will get some sort of money when they get out of jail, but those coming out just of one of the local facilities, they get back what they what they walked in with. So you don't give them 20 bucks and a bus ticket? No. I mean, Elaine Hunt, they don't exactly have a lot of stuff around there. They even got signs going, don't ticket. pick up hitchhikers. Now, Elaine Hunt, DOC will give, out, will give you a bus ticket to get back where you need to go. And that's, so, that's yeah. it. So yeah. what, what it is is... And when you have situations like that, that makes the system set up to fail. What we're trying to do is we're trying to stop it from failing. And what it does, it leads to a better communities in Terrebonne and Lafourche and St. Mary. And yeah, I understand that. That makes a lot of that. sense. But the problem is, I mean, they're walking out of jail with a bad taste in their mouth. Right. Because they got they ain't even got the 20 bucks in a bus ticket. They yeah. got a bus ticket. All they'll get is the funds, let's say, that are in their inmate accounts. 
So in other words, if you provide money, or if they came in money, like like rolls of bills with rubber bands around them that smell like cocaine. No, that none of that, right? <laughs> no. None of that. They don't get to keep that, you know, if they don't pass the the sniff test. But when when they're coming out, I mean, when do they get the voucher to go? Look. Yes. Here you go. You can eat. You um, family can you can eat. I mean, at least look. Okay. I we can't we can't feed everybody three meals a day for thirty days. Nobody can do that. Oh, no, uh, but I mean, we're I mean, we're gonna feed them if they're frugal. They can eat pretty much a, a whole month on what we're gonna give them. They're just you know eating a lot of tuna. So, <laughs> at the point no Twinkies or Moon Pies. I'm sorry, we ain't got. It. We give you some pop tarts. You might. You, you might. If I have Twinkies and Moon Pies, they gonna get them. But I don't always get that because it's hard. People don't want to give that up. You know, it's like a treat. But to answer your question, before we get I don't even remember what it was. Rolling on the I do, I do. You're in luck. So the vouchers will actually be given to them either at Terrebonne Jail um, by their either classifications or whoever's doing their release uh, paperwork or, whoever, or their transition specialist, the DOC transition specialist that's working with them that identifies the fact that they are food insecure. Or the case manager at, say, Lafouche Parish Correctional Center that identifies that that person is being released food insecure. Or one of the agents at my office that identifies, well, we have a problem. But this is something that we can give them that'll get the get, like he said that that. Now they're gonna get it anyway. Up. Are they gonna get it anyway? Or let's let's say that somebody gets out and they have a big family and the family's working and everything and they're going home to the family. Mm -hmm. Do they need to demonstrate that they're gonna be food insecure, or are you just gonna give them to them anyway? We're gonna base it upon the people that they that they provide. If they sit back and say that look, there's just me, that's fine. But it's the same protocols that we do for all families that we serve. But if you allow me to change the subject just a hair, you gotta understand this is a one of a kind program yes. in the entire. Yeah, I know, and I, I, I was gonna get to that next. Yeah. The bottom line is, we're all treading on unfamiliar ground here. We all want this to succeed, but right. you got you gotta you gotta prep for what you can be what the taking your best guess of how it's gonna fail and what can we do to prep ourselves to keep so it, it from does failing. Because fail. we don't want to go. This is a lot of grief and I won't say grief and nonsense. That's not true. But this has been a lot of work to get it to this point, not only on your part, but on ours. And to get the trust of other companies to take our word for it and hire these people. We don't want this thing to fail. We want it to be a great success. But I'm sitting here cracking jokes and saying stuff, but the bottom line is some of this stuff is founded in what can possibly go wrong. Can we foresee what's going to go wrong and how can we take steps to fix it now? Well, that's proper planning. That's that's regardless of what you do. That's the things that you no, need I mean, to I, look at. No, I mean, I don't plan for anything. <laughs> but that's the things you need to look at, whether it's the transitional employment piece that we're looking at or the food voucher um, system that we're looking at. You need to plan for all of those different scenarios so that it's less likely it does fail. We well, want it to succeed and we want it to be the best. Part of what... Well, it's got to be the best because it's the only one. Well, part of it is, is part of the, the planning, but is that... Our goal in at TCU, and we may, and we talk about the motto is taking care of you. Is if we can just take one, our our goal is a little harder than this. But if we can just change one, people don't realize the cost of running somebody through the, the criminal justice system. If we can turn one or two or six, not only does it make it safer here, but it saves everybody money, more money than we would spend on them to provide the food. And also sometimes, just sometimes, somebody just needs a break. And we've all been down 
and we've all been in a situation where we're trying to hold our head up and we just want somebody to take that hand and put it up and said, I will help you up. You know, maybe it's kind of flawed, but my personal philosophy is everybody's trustworthy until they prove otherwise. So just because you had an issue with this other guy or this other situation, you're trustworthy of me until you, you know, you mess that up. So everybody's coming in here with a clean slate. We are aware and we're going to do what we can, but we get community service workers here all the time, uh, not only from schools, but from the, um, from the courts and we're running them through the same type program. People don't know. Yeah, we no. will not identify them. As no, such. but I tell you what, one of the hardest workers we got is here on a community service program. And, and I wish we could, you know, I'd trade 50 people for that dude, man. That's a hard, you know who I'm talking about yeah, too. That guy, man, that guy's a hard We're not going to identify them any differently. They're going to have their, they're going to have their photo IDs. They're going to have everything that's going to go on. And the only people they're going to know here are the senior staff that where they come from, that way nobody treats them with a stigma. Nobody is going to treat them left-handed and we're just going to treat them as a temporary employee. All right, I'm running out of time. So let me get to the last thing here. You want to say something? You want to comment I do, on that? I do. I wanted to comment on something that you'd said. If you can touch one person, you impact 15 additional lives. So for that one life that you change, you're actually touching an average of 15 people, whether it's their children, their parents, their best friends, you are touching 15 lives. So you're thinking, you know, don't just think small with one person. The impacts go beyond. I think it's person. more than 15. Let me ask this That's last average. question. I, I think it's more than that because, I, yeah, you're talking about family and friends, but everybody interacts with people every day, and it's how they react with those other people, not only their family and friends. But if you can put that person on a positive on a positive track, that's when you really start impacting other lives. All right, let me ask this, and we're done. What is the average length of time that somebody has spent inside that is going to be coming out and applying for this? Because I mean, I don't, I don't, I know people have been in for a long time and they've become institutionalized. What, what's the average amount of time that somebody is in jail, incarcerated, whatever term you want to use? So I'm going to tell you, there's really not an average because the impacts of being incarcerated for someone that maybe has only physically been in jail one year, it, that can be a really big impact on a first, say, somebody that that is their first offense. But you'll also have people coming out that are 10 and 15 years in. And they're coming out not understanding any of what the world is like today. So there is not really an average that I can give you because it can be anywhere from... Well, I'm just wondering on our point of view, it's like mm -hmm. you said, somebody's been in there 10 or 15 years and they don't know what the world is like today. Absolutely. So, I mean, is it incumbent upon us to make maybe take a step further and just go, you know, I'll bring you in the office and go, that's how it was 15 years ago. Now it's like this. You just need to look at the world a little differently. I mean, I'm not a counselor. They ain't my gig. No, so I'm just wondering maybe we should have some people who might on on the stick, like some of those other folks we had up in here about counseling and things like that. We actually have programs designed for those coming out that will be tied in with those um, involved in the Transitional Employment Program where they have case managers, they have people that will help walk them through mm -hmm. basics, basic cell phone usage, basic, um, you know, everything we take for granted, basically. Internet wasn't, a, you know, what it is today, 20 years ago. Applying for jobs, somebody to help them with those next steps whenever they finish here. I'm just, yeah, I'm you just know? wondering what, but, what is our level of it? That's something you're going to take Well, that's completely, of. that's completely up to you. I'm not, you, you can absolutely have a personal conversation with someone just like you would anyone else here that works with you with oh well no this is you know this is kind of how things have changed once you get to know that person if they if they want to share that with you so it's nothing that's incumbent on you to have to do it but 
feel free. Well, but again, I want this thing to succeed. Absolutely. You know, no, I'm excited to hear it. No, that's really exciting. But just like anyone else that you would have a conversation with, you and I have had plenty of conversations where you've pointed me in the right direction or made suggestions. Same thing. Same thing. But never <laughs> it's close, but it ain't the same I thing. Will, I will tell you that, that one of the things that working with Hester is we're coming out and they are going to have the equivalent of their GED. They have to get into that program. Or we are working with local Terrebonne Parish School officials to help them complete it. There are some steps that they have to have selective service. They have to have been in this other program for 10 months, which is a good um, program that will help get them to here. The one thing is that I want the public to know that these are people that we are going through programs that they don't have to feel uncomfortable coming in here. Uh, like I said, we have a limited number. We are screening some of these people. We are monitoring them. So no one is under any more undue risk or undo security here because they're here. These are not hardened felons. These are actually more in the category of these community service workers we get for DUIs and, and, and other remedial court um, um, offenses that, uh, that get done. But we're just giving them an opportunity to say, I am not that person anymore. I am not just gonna tell you, I'm gonna show you. And if they do that, then there is a true reward that's going to put them on the back. If they don't, guess what? They're going back to where they came from. So are they? Well, and you're also giving the giving them the opportunity to give back to their community. Yes. Which is something that a lot of this population has never had the opportunity to do. So that in itself is an important piece, giving well, back to your community. Well, that's a good thing. I'm way over time, so we're going to step away. We'll have you back on again after this ball gets a little farther down the court. You know, but so far so good. Everything looks pretty cool. So we're waiting for our uh, first couple of guys to show up, Absolutely. and I know they got the St. Francis Gardens. I can't wait for people to show up at a hole and work over there. So we'll, exciting. We'll stay on top of it. Hester, always a pleasure. Uh, Lawrence, I see you every day, so I can't say it's a pleasure. Anyway, thanks for joining us here for another episode of TCU Podcast. Taking care of you. This is Pud. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.